One of my three-meter zone mentors told me, when you look at soldiers, you see yourself. If you ever do something dumb, you'll see it again. That's a small excerpt from the three-meter zone written by Command Sergeant Major J.D. Pendray. Welcome to the Instinctive Influencers Podcast, a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success. Now, here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Ed Haley. Hi, I'm Brian. And I am Ed. And this is the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. How you doing, Ed? Uh, I'm doing good, Brian. Uh, you know, everything's pretty good today. It's a little warm. It's almost the week of summer here in Germany, so... Uh, my wife has bought several fans and we got fans all over the house. So, and the good thing here though. So one of the great things here is they have uh Rolodens on the windows. I think every window, but maybe three in our house. So you roll these things down and it blocks the sunlight from, you know, hitting the windows and heating up the house more. Um, and then being a stone. Are structure, they on the outside? What's that? Oh yeah. Are they on the outside of the window or on the inside? Yeah, it's, pretty, it's actually pretty cool, especially, you know, when we have 24-hour duty, you come home, you want to go to sleep. I can just roll these things down and black out my entire room. No way. Yeah, when I build my forever home, I'm thinking about it. And then the buildings are stone, so the stone is very cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it So it's not bad. We don't have AC in Germany. Most houses don't have AC in Germany. Uh, but it is supposed to hit a high of 97 this week, so we'll see how that works out. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, man. <laughs> you said one week of summer. I'll tell you, it's already feeling, it kind of feels like summer here in Korea. The humidity here, though, it gets it gets pretty high. And a lot of it has to do, you know, because every rice paddy is filled with water. And so when, yeah. you know, it heats <laughs> up, obviously humidity goes up. And But the, that's, not what, that's not what bothers me the most. I could be out riding my bicycle and there'll just be a swarm of bugs everywhere, like all over the place. And you can't, you can't miss them. So if you don't wear glasses or anything like that, or you don't put something over your face, either your eyeballs are going to be full of bugs or your teeth are going to be full of bugs. And like, Hey man, it's crazy. Well, and then the air quality, does the air quality get worse as it gets warm there? It just depends, man. It depends on where the, it depends on where the jet streams coming from, you know? Um, so the past few days, I mean, we've had really good air quality. Matter of fact, when I told, what I told you, um, before the show, when I talked about, uh, do, you know, doing the new ACFT or the army combat fitness test, the day that I was out there that I did it, we had excellent air quality. The very next day when the, another group had to take it, they had like, it was pretty poor. Uh, <laughs> I felt bad for them too, but yeah, you know, it's there's lots of elements to the environment and all that stuff here. But wow, this particular show, we decided, you know, talking between the two of us, that we're basically going to do a two-parter here. We're basically, we're doing it about mentorship and mentors and mentees. But we decided, hey, you know, this is an important topic, especially instinctive influencers. And, and, and the how, you know, the whole being an influencer basically is kind of like being an, a mentor in a sense, or even a mentee. So what we decided is, is, hey, we're going to talk a lot about mentorship and understanding it, you know, and, and all the elements of it. And then the very next show that people will be able to tune in the following week, it's going to dissect all like these elements of what a mentor is in a sense, or what a mentee is. You have any thoughts on this before we actually start diving into it at all? You know, let me tell you what I find is really ironic about this, Brian, is this week 
past, our episode that we released was the first of two for the science of likability, the book, the science of likability. And the irony is that book was recommended to me by a mentor. So exactly. There you go. We're going to see uh, these mentors impacts and, and we're, we're doing recording this one week after uh, that impact. So that's, that's, it's interesting to me. It's very ironic. Yeah, it's almost like we should have done these shows before we did that one, and then we could have talked about it. Maybe who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I think. Yeah. I think this. I, I'm sure it'll come up during the episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I definitely think that this particular topic has been an area that we've needed to kind of go over on the show because I it plays a big role in you know the whole influencer idea and the whole influencer realm. I I've asked people, well, what is mentorship? And often the answers are very vague or they say, well, that's coaching. But, well, then what's that? You know, and, and you, you tend to get this, they're in this rut of not understanding what it is in the way I see it. And I, I'm pretty sure you might feel the same way. And you can tell me the way I see it is if you don't understand it, then you really don't know if it's going on or you don't, you don't have a grasp of it and you probably aren't doing it. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty funny too, because I think that people do know what it is or they at least know aspects of it. So for instance, we're going to talk about today how coaching is part of a mentor, what a mentor is. Right. And I, so I think they know, all right, coaching is mentoring. Well, that's not wrong, but that's not all that mentoring is. And I think that this episode is going to help us understand all that the mentor is uh, and, and what it means. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Well, I guess then what we do is we'll just dive right into it and we're going to talk about what is a mentor or what is mentorship and then what is a mentor and then what is a mentee. And then we'll put the mentor and mentee to the side for a little while until next episode. And we're really going to focus on the mentorship piece. So if I asked you, Ed, what is mentorship? Where, where would you uh, where would you kind of go with that? Well, and I've talked about being a mentor, so I'm kind of ashamed that, I mean, I could, I know what I could read and say, hey, this is what it is. But to be 100% honest with you, here you go. Mm-hmm. A mentorship is a relationship between two, two people or more, it can be more, mm-hmm. where you're helping to develop that person. So for us, on the military side of the house, right, you take, let's say, Sergeant, we'll call, us, we'll call her Sergeant Graham. Sergeant Graham is lower in rank or position than me as a mentor to her. I want to help her get to where I am. And that's the mentorship piece. Me saying, all right, let me look at this. Uh, I look at your evaluations. Okay. We need to focus on you having a bigger impact outside of our organization to beef up your evaluations, to get you promoted. Like that's mentorship to me. So I guess I would say it's a relationship between two people with the goal of helping the junior person reach where the senior person is. But that's not 100 percent correct. But that's what I would honestly say that I've always believed it to be. Your your definition is way better than mine, because all, all I ever say is it's just helping people get better, <laughs> become better selves, their better self. You know, just this morning. No, mine's wordy. yeah there you go no but i mean like just this morning uh i was doing uh i was doing a little extra pt basically i I took some of soldiers that were are struggling on their pt test a little bit and we went to the gym and once we got done i wanted them to know hey listen this isn't to 
ever make you feel bad about who you are, what you, what you're capable of. It's just, it's just to help you and become a little bit better, just a little bit better, you know? And, and if it makes you a lot better then great, but my goal is to make them just a little bit better and a little bit better will help them achieve the goals that they have of, you know, passing and getting passing scores on, you know, the APFT. And it's done so in a way that's, it's using all that kind of like different muscles and stuff like that. But those are all the elements within that mentorship, you know? So once again, if somebody said to me, what is mentorship? I would say, that's eh, just people helping other people get better, much like influencers. And I think your example is spot on too, because I'm going to tell you, that's something that I've seen throughout my career. Exactly your example. Yeah. I had a Sergeant first class Ramirez and if a soldier in our platoon failed, he would tell them, I go to the gym at 530. PT's not till seven at Fort Drum at that time. I go to the gym at 530. If you join me, I will help you to raise your PT score or to pass because sometimes we'd have people that just were borderline. But he wouldn't be like, you will be there unless you were one of his sergeants. One of his sergeants, he would be like, if your soldier shows up, you better be there too. (laughs) Um, But he would bring them into the gym just like you're doing to help them try to improve themselves. And he afforded them the opportunity to make that decision that, yes, I want to be better. He didn't force it. So to me, forcing it, not really mentorship, but providing that opportunity, that's more of a mentorship to me. Yeah. And, and you know, you you hit upon a really good word in there um, that I liked about it when you said relationship. Because really to be a mentor, it's not just telling somebody how to do something, then they're able to do it. It's not showing somebody how to do something, then they're able to do it. It's not forcing somebody to do something. Oh, yeah, I just mentored them. No, it's building a relationship between two or more people, just like you said. And it's guiding. It's, it's, there's, there's just so many elements to it. And, and we're going to hit all those elements. But it's that, that's a key piece. It's a relationship. And here's something I wanted to kind of, I wanted to ask you and, and see what your thoughts were about this, because we said it's about a relationship. Well, do you think the climate or the environment that's developed helps build that? Hmm. I think, I think one, one thing, so we go all the way, all the way back. I think that uh, what you did this morning with those young soldiers is you built some leadership capital. You also showed uh, that you're, they, they are serving in a culture where the senior leadership cares. So when we fill out our command climate surveys, which basically for the listener, they're surveys of where the unit is and what your thoughts are on certain things. One of the things they ask in there is I, you know, it's the whole agree, disagree, strongly agree, whatever. I feel like my senior leadership cares about me. However many soldiers was in there with you today, they're going to absolutely put strongly agree because that's the culture that you've impacted through that uh, that mentorship you did this morning. And to you, at the time, you were probably like, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, you just made an offer. You did what you thought was right. And then it really, in their mind, it's a huge deal. Right. Yeah. Well, I and not to make joke of it, but there may be one of them that uh, – would not put agree right now. Uh, he may have may or may not have cried this morning. Um, but that wasn't, it was, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't being mean. I was actually being very nice. Um, he, I think he, I think he cried out of not happiness, but just like disappointment. So, and, and so those of you listen, and I'll tell you right now, if any of you listen are a part of the unit that I'm in right now, you will understand and you will see this. 
I truly believe part of that relationship, and I said that atmosphere, right? When you create that relationship on being a good mentor and developing people, you literally engage pride. You engage pride in someone and they they want to, they don't want to let you down. You know what I mean? Like, like for instance, Ed, when you and I, and, and, and we always go to this, you, I, and Rick, we would do things, right? I always wanted to do, when we talk, when we discuss something and we say, hey, we're going to go with this, I always wanted to be the best product we could because I almost felt like I didn't want to let down my little team there, the three of us, you know? And and if people, you know, people listen to this and they were back, you know, with us back then, they may not have known that that's how we were. We were like this little trinity of, uh, you can call us the trinity, <laughs> but but I, I now I feel special. <laughs> but what I get at is like that mentorship, you know, within that mentorship and and you build that environment that I said, you you engage pride and pride kind of helps things along, wouldn't you say? I, I do because I've used it and you can use it like a reverse psychology thing too. Like, so like I said, let's just say one of those soldiers, one of those soldiers, at least one of them. And I don't know how many even had, but one of those soldiers, when he takes his army physical fitness 11. test, okay, 11, <laughs> a couple of those soldiers, when they redo their army physical fitness test, I feel like they're going to be concerned that, about letting you down now. Oh, I don't want to let the first sergeant down. I don't want, I'm going to give my best. I'm going to pass this. I mean, honestly, out of 11, and, and we've seen a lot of failures come through when we were at the uh, at the academy together sometimes. I remember one time it was like 16 or something. Oh, yeah, I remember that. But really, out of 11, in all honesty, if you can get five of those 11 or four of those 11 that pass the next time, to me, that's a win because I've seen percentages where you t- retest 11 and you get one. Mm-hmm. But it, when you get near that 50% mark, that's a win. But those soldiers are going to be more invested because you were invested and they're going to think about you giving up some of your gym time and your swole time to try to help them. And they're going to think about that as they're doing it and they're not going to want to fail you. <laughs> you said give up some of my gym time, uh, buddy. I, I went riding for two hours before and went to the gym before I worked them out and worked out with them because I was like, man, I hope they, I hope they really come with their a game today. And sure enough, man, I can tell you right now, those kids kicked my butt. <laughs> when I got done, I was like, wow, we really got a good workout. You are not 25 years old. So all that <laughs> other stuff you did before probably played a big impact in their, uh, and they're kicking your butt. Like we got, we got to, yeah. you're over 40, man. We got to work on that. Oh, whoa, whoa. it's not considered over 40 when you're at 40. Are you, are you considered like I'm over 40 because I'm only a few months away from 40? Uh, you turn 40 the next day, you're 40 in a day. That's over. <laughs> yeah, I got you. All right, man. Uh, but it's funny though. Um, we, you just discussed it there, uh, with the whole, they wouldn't want to let me down type thing. And that is, I think that's what's key about the relationship, right? Is you're building something there and it creates a bond. And that bond, when you build a bond, people don't want to break that unless unless you do something that makes them real mad at you. And, and you know, like really, 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 you know, like you, you, you disrespect somebody really bad or something like that. Then that bond breaks, right? And there's nothing can be had of that or, or you break their values, you know, you know, you go against their values, you know, think about 
Well, we can go back to that story. Remember the story, Ed? You've you've told it before about the young man and the board, and and then he wa- went outside and he actually was cussing. Remember that one? I do remember. Actually, I just saw that young man was online asking some questions. But yes, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. And so when I when, and when I think of that, see, that's another case of it. That was that kid's pride, and he the bond was broken between him and that other person who was supposed to be their leader but i think it increased your bonds you know what i mean uh yeah 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 i i do because i mean um and then even on my side so my side is the mentor right he reacted like that and i know that's out way out of character for him so to see that he had that much care for making me look bad that increased my pride in the product, which is him. And then it also, it just gave me a, a, a different sense of, of belonging in that relationship because it's like, wow, he really does care. And he appreciates what I'm trying to help him with. Mm-hmm. But, but what that did was is that as earlier, it uh, increased that relationship or built that relationship more. And what it has done is, 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 opened up a pathway too for more building and your ability to be able to mentor and his ability to be a mentee or even vice versa, where he could, he could be mentoring you on something that he is really knowledgeable on and you learning from him because mentorship doesn't have to be one way. It can be two different directions. Those are just the examples that I can think of that really, they resonate with me as, you know, the mentorship thing. And it, it, and it falls back on two or more people building a relationship and a relationship is a it's it's a finicky little thing how you build it depends on the person some people are very open some people they're very closed and they don't you know they don't want to they don't want to let you in that inner circle i was just listening to an episode that we put out some time ago and it was you were talking Ed, about uh, you have a small circle mm-hmm. and that I was I was fortunate enough to be in there. And I thought I thought to myself, yes, I'm in that circle, you know, <laughs> but what that did is, is that opened up the relationship and it, it's allowed for even more mentorship, that togetherness. Before I get into these uh, these areas and we actually start discussing them, is there anything else you have about mentorship you want to mention? So a couple of things that I've always found as a leader to be the most crucial for us and and everybody's opinion is going to be different. I've always thought networking and the ability to network was crucial for the success of a leader, right? Because sometimes we're going to need something that's without outside of our scope that I need to be able to have somebody I can be like, you know what, Brian, uh, let's just say, you know, and I know that's not what the episode is about, but like real quick, I'm trying to identify an aircraft part to turn it in right for credit in the, through the military supply system. Well, I'm not aviator. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is, Brian. So I can call Brian and say, Hey, can you take a look at this for me? And then you take a look and go, Oh, that's a widget. Got it. So that's why I always thought networking and then mentorship, because one thing I remember you saying often, and I've heard it before, but I just remember you said it quite a bit was leave the organization better than you found it. And you said it in different words or whatever over time, but you that's something you frequently said. And I think mentorship, as we're going to learn, is crucial to that because when, let's say, I'm the, the, the instructor of all the instructors, right? That's what I was doing when we were working together at the academy. Well, when I leave, somebody has to fill that seat. So he was senior to me, but when we brought in 
uh, firm to replace me, I had to mentor firm who was senior to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then leave. Now he's there and he's doing a good job. And from a distance, from a far distance, I can see it be like, that's the impact of mentorship. I left that organization at capable hands. Firm has different ideas than me. He develops them. He works with the Bearded Ninja, and it's a better organization. Same thing for Sarah. So I think what mentorship does is I build those people who are going to replace me, and it's in the Army, right? So the guy you talked about earlier with the board, he's a staff sergeant now. I'm going to retire. That's going to free up positions. Those staff sergeants are going to move into these positions, and that's what mentorship does is get them ready to leave the Army better than I found it way back in 1991 <laughs> oh somebody's old uh yeah but in and if you think about it you know it's there's the there's a formal relationship there there could be an informal one it doesn't matter you know like it could be something where it's an actually little, like stuff's just written down and it, it's kept track of mentorship wise or it could be something where it's just something talked about and occasionally there's a chit chat about it or maybe a message is sent back and forth but the whole idea though is there's a relationship there and you have to build that and then it allows for the mentorship to actually take place so just telling somebody how to do something that's not always considered mentorship because you know i could say hey Where's the mop? And does anybody know how to mop a floor? Yeah, you just go over there, grab that mop, and then put it in the water and run it across the floor. Yeah, well, that didn't you didn't really mentor me. I, I can figure that out, but maybe you can <laughs> teach me some stuff. Anyways, uh, before we jump into those areas that we were going to discuss, I wanted to hit back across this thing where the author of The Three Meter Zone, where he talks about one of my Three Meter Zone mentors told me, when you look at a soldier, you see yourself. If you ever do something dumb, You'll see it again. Mm -hmm. I think that doesn't that doesn't just go with soldiers, children. I watch my children do stuff, and I hear or my wife tells me about the things my children done, and I'm thinking to myself, "Oh man, I did that, but way worse." If my grandmother ever hears this or my mom listens to it, they'll be able to uh, realize. It. And I, I, to this day, I still don't think this was me. I think it was my brother, because um, I don't remember doing it. So my little my my little girl, she got her hands on uh, some scissors. And uh, oh, no. she decided that her hair wasn't what she wanted it to be. And she went to, she cut some stuff off. <laughs> this was, this was some time back. So now it looks fine. And then she realized one of her dolls wasn't attractive enough. So she went in and butchered her hair <laughs> real. I'm, I wouldn't say butchered. She styled it, but then she didn't tell us about it and all this stuff. And, as my wife and I are kind of digging into this, because this was when I was still home when this happened, you know, we're trying to get answers, find out what, like, we're trying to find where the scissors are, and then we're finding hair everywhere, and, you know, Eva's getting in trouble because she knows that she shouldn't be doing stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, there was a time when I was a kid and my brother that, and I don't think I did this, I think it was him, that my brother dug a hole through the wall with a pair of scissors while my mom was sleeping. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, she didn't dig a hole in the wall, so we're good. It was just hair. It can grow back. <laughs> but that's what made me think about when I, when I was, when I read this, you know, and it says, if you've ever done something dumb, you'll see it again. That is, that's wise words of a mentor because you can also use that. If, for instance, if you've done something, let's just say in the army, like I've, I've put an LNTV in a pond before, and I shouldn't have. But I, I talked to students, uh, not students, I said students because I'm so, I was so used to students some time back. I talked to soldiers, and I'll tell them about, you know, I'll tell them about 
my wrongdoing and what I shouldn't have done and, and how I could have done better at it and, you know, or not done this or not done that and to try to help them understand, but they're still going to do it. You know what I mean? But at least it's in that relationship building that I'm, I'm giving a little tidbits of stories and they're giving stuff back. And so now we're, we're starting to build, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I was really hoping you were going to say that uh, you had cut your hair at one point. That would have just been <laughs> all the listeners know how much pride you take in your your the appearance of your hair. And I was like, oh, please tell me he cut his own hair at some point. Oh no! And I think that that haircut thing that's a common thing for for girls because my sister did it, and I'm pretty sure she shaved some cut some hairs on her Barbies as well, and. I know she's cut a chunk. My niece recently did it. She cut a chunk of hair out. So it must be a girl thing. Uh, yeah. No, it's probably a boy thing too. Uh, <laughs> I feel bad. Hey, I feel bad for my nephew, Braden if he gets worse than his father, because my brother was rough. <laughs> Ruthless, huh? Yeah. Uh, he wants, he's going to kill me if he hears this. He was, he once crashed into a parked car and went through the windshield face first on his bike. So, uh, and it was him being foolish, of course. So I hope that my nephew doesn't do that because he's actually cute where my brother really wasn't at oh. all. So oh, <laughs> now horrible. we'll see if he's listening. <laughs> all right. All right. Enough for story time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there'll be some bad comments on the Facebook page. By the way, if you're not a part of the Facebook group, please go to Facebook, type in 101 <laughs> on the search bar, and you'll find us right there. Click on the visit group and join the group. Nice plug. <laughs> All right. I think hey, I placed it well for you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Absolutely. Uh, so check it out. We did some research, you know, like we always do for all the shows. And we came up with basically eight aspects or eight areas of mentorship to understand mentorship. Right. So, we, you know, we were just sitting here discussing, you know, what we thought it was and stuff. And then we're going to go through these eight areas that we have found. Um, and to give the quick list, this is how it goes. Direction, coaching, support, goals, training, motivation, advice, and success. And we're going to hit each one of these and we're going to kind of help listeners understand what those are. And like I said, the next show next week, you're going to, we're going to tap into the actual mentee and mentor, and then we'll be able to look at these aspects in conjunction with them, along with characteristics and roles of those two. All right. So right off the bat, direction. Mentorship is direction. Direction can be many things. If I said, give me directions to the store, you're going to say, okay, you go down this road, take this left, you go five more miles, and then you take a right, and it should be right there on your left. Well, I mean, in a sense, that's direction. Well, it's the same thing with mentorship. You're you're giving them a, a general guidelines of how to get to where they need to go. Yeah, and that's what you are doing too. You're you're giving them that, and then so you may say, okay, uh, and a lot of this, I think, direction. A lot of it's going to be um, experience based, right? Uh, which I don't think a lot of mentorship is. So when I give you those directions, I can also say, like, you know, you can go this route. Uh, let's say. All right, let's say I have a young soldier or, you know, whoever you're, you need to go to college in our job. You cannot get promoted if you do not have an associate's degree. What, right. So I'm giving them that path. But then I got to say, well, let's make sure that the college is actually accredited because, yeah, it'll help you get promoted. But we need to look after the military, too. What's it going to do for you? And if you go to a school that the Army recognizes, but it's not, you know, accredited in a certain way when you retire, it's going to be no use to you. So 
you're giving them those warnings, right? And then if you maybe had some experience with a school, that's where I can say, well, you know, I went to Central Texas College and I also went to American Military University and I prefer American Military because of X, Y, and Z. But here's some strengths of Central Texas. So you're giving them direction with, you're letting them make a decision. You're not going, you will go to college, you will go to Central Texas, you will take this. You're giving them some options and then, hey, go to the education center and they can give you some additional options as well. So you're, you're helping them along the path. I think, I think personally, you can also, you can ask some uh, crucial questions for good direction. Uh, For instance, you can ask, well, where do you want this to go? You know, whatever it is that they're working on, whatever you're trying to become involved with, with them of mentoring, where where do you want it to go? And, And listen to them because then you have some waypoints of understanding because then you could also say, well, so what have you done so far? All right. So now what you do is you're gathering information and that's part of that communication process. You gather that information and you're finding, you're helping them find that route. Yes. It was funny. Um, my uncle or my wife's uncle, actually, uh, I call him my uncle, uh, uncle Jerry. Uh, he works at the gas department. Well, in, in Dixon County. And there was a guy that came in, Mark O'Neill. Great guy. I love Mark to death. Um, he came into the organization, and one of the things that he wanted to know right off the bat when he showed up was, all right, so those of you are in leadership positions, what type of formal leadership have you, you know, training have you had? And not a lot was said because many of them didn't have formal leadership training. So part of that direction was to get them enrolled in some type of leadership training. And that's what he did. He got them involved in that so he could help mentor them. And now they also built a foundation, you know, and, and I love the idea. And that's what I told him all the time. I thought, man, I love that idea. So if you, you go into an organization, you find out, you know, all these people have, you know, that are here, they don't, they haven't had any like real formal training. Then where do you start? Mm. But if I set you up for this stuff and I get you involved in it, just like the school, you, you just said college, if I set it up, now we have a common ground. We have a foundation to build off of because part of that relationship and of mentorship, you have to have a foundation. You have to have a starting point. If you don't have that starting point, or you're not, then what are you building from? You know, you can't build just out of, you know, it's not like poof, it's there. You actually have to build, you know, a foundation. It's just like building a house. Build a, put the foundation in. Then you start, you know, all the crucial elements of maybe some brickwork or some, you know, putting in studs or, you know, whatever it is. And, you know, finally ending off with a roof and then finishing the interior piece of it. But so I thought that was, you know, to me, it's a good thing to start off by asking questions to find the right direction to go. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. So I... And, and I, you use the word foundation. So what I, I don't want the listeners to think, these things aren't, as we go through them, this isn't like, this is step one, this is step two. So that direction, right? Oh, yeah. You may be at the organization, you know, two, three months, but you're getting to know these people, right? You're not going to walk in one day. I'm not going to walk in and go, hey, you, I'm your mentor or, you know, so you got to get to know them and- as we've discussed earlier in many instances, you know, I, I love leadership capital. That's one of the things is getting that buy-in from them because now when we have these discussions, I can be like, oh, so, I, I mean, if you're going to go to college, Central Texas College does have a very good, you know, sociology program. And I know you're kind of interested in that 
aspect of life. So maybe you should really, even though I enjoy AMU, maybe Central Texas is more of a fit for you. Um, and I'm only using those two schools because those are the two I went to at Pierce College or something. Anyway, but I just want the listeners to realize, like, we say foundation and we we do have to have a sturdy foundation, but it may take some time. This mentorship is not something that just happens as soon as I show up at the organization. And I will tell you, so one of my warnings, and I, I learned this obviously through the military because that's all I really know, is sometimes you'll mentor somebody and then they'll do something off the rails, really ridiculous, uh, get in trouble, you know, for us, let's say a DUI or something like that. And you feel like you've been betrayed because now I was mentoring them and look what they did, but you you can't let it be a personal thing to you uh, when they make poor decisions, right? Like sometimes people just make poor decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes you're going to be meant, think you're this great mentor and they just don't want it. So we have to recognize those signs too. But that direction piece is, um, if I had to say a foundation, it probably is very close to that foundation because we can't do any of the other stuff as mentors if we don't know where we're going. And that's it, you know, knowing where you're going. And you you were absolutely correct when you said that, Ed, that all these elements we're talking about, it's not like it's step one, step two, step three. It's always happening all the time. And you are, and you just have to be able to be paying attention to be able to do the right thing at the right time. And sometimes you don't even have to be paying attention. It's just happened to be, it's, it's, uh, it feels natural to bring this up, you know, or talk about whatever it is that's going on. I would definitely say also when we think about direction. So I wanted to bring up this little statistic I found. It kind of, uh, it kind of sheds a little bit of light on how important mentorship can be. Basically, mentorship is a prolific is prolific amongst leading businesses, with an American Society of Training and Development study revealing that seventy one percent of Fortune five hundred companies have a form of formal corporate mentorship. The same study found that seventy five percent of executives credit their mentors with helping them to achieve their leadership position. They're giving credit back, you know, because somebody helped give them the direction that they needed. Uh, and you think about that, I mean, that's 75% and 71%. That's a lot. Like that is, that's massive. It makes me wonder the other, you know, 29%, the other 25%, like how successful are they compared to the 75 and 71 you know what I mean? You know me. I like stats. So you you, you really grab my attention <laughs> with 71 and 75%. So, you know, I, I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Brian. I didn't know that businesses had formal mentorships until we started researching this show. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know it, it was that big. How about that? I knew of mentorship programs, um, especially in the, what they refer to as the C-suites, which is basically the, it's, you know, it's like your CEO, CFO, whatever, COO. CCO, whatever, you know, all those different, they call that the C-suites. I knew many organizations in that level have a mentorship program because that's the executive level. I think that in itself is something to, to look into. And I remember also in one of my, uh, when I was doing my bachelor's, uh, one of my classes, it talked about building training. It was, I want to say it was uh, training and development was the class. And I thought in a way it was meshed up, it very much matched how the army does training and development. And within it, it talked about, it was a small section talked about corporate mentorship. It basically alluded to the idea that if you have a corporate mentorship program, you're more likely to retain employees than lose them. 
versus if when there's not one, um, you tend to lose people because they don't feel like they're gaining anything from it. They just feel like they're, you know, like a hamster in a wheel. Yeah, I think I, I read that somewhere too during the, the research. But yeah, I just thought it was interesting. And then, so if you read kind of the same uh, basis we're using for this episode, it also says, so Google, who we all know what Google is, 8,300 formal mentors globally. The other thing I didn't know, because I, obviously I didn't know about mentorship and corporate mentorship. The other thing that was interesting to me is they actually assign mentors. So, you know, in the military, we don't really, I mean, we kind of do, but we really don't do assigned mentors. So that was interesting for me as somebody who's been a career soldier is that some organizations actually say, hey, this is your mentor, Brian. Good luck. And you know, it's the funny thing is, is because we've, we've both talked about others that have been in our pathway. They've either been in both of our pathway or separate pathways. You know, you've talked about your old first order now star major. Uh, I've talked about my old first order who's now star major. Uh, we've both talked about John Rogers. We've both talked about Rick. And none of those people were designated as our mentors. I mean, they, no one said at any point, oh, yep, this is your designated mentor and they're going to teach you how to be everything you need to be, blah, 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 blah. Instead, it was the relationship building, the understanding, the sometimes disagreeing because you can disagree with your mentors. You know, you don't have to agree with everything. Um, it was just all these different things to, that's going to go. We're going to go into this list of things, but there was never no, anything formal there. You know, I mean, was there something formal with you with any of them? No. Other than, okay, yeah, Rick probably counts with you. Uh, uh, yeah, but, but hey. so Rick really, I mean, he got me through the instructor course, but he was more of a mentor after I mean he was his the stuff he was doing for me was a job, but uh, as far as develop me as a facilitator, but then it, that those conversations sometimes would turn to something else and maybe raising children or so that's outside of his scope for his job. Now we're talking about so he went from formal mentorship and in the conversation we went to more of an informal mentorship. So that's interesting too. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the bearded ninja. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, and then the other one. So if you think about when we were at the Academy, we were assigned a mentor when we first went to be facilitators. And so that's formal, but uh, the platoon I went to, like I pulled from Jason and I pulled from Cortez and not just my assigned mentor. So really I had a formal mentor, but then I had, two informal mentors that helped me to develop as a facilitator uh, at that job. So sometimes that happens too. Maybe we put you, maybe you're in a team in an organization and this is your corporate mentor, your official mentor, but you're your formal mentor, but you're going to pull from everybody. Like that's the only time I'll tell you it's okay. If you steal knowledge from everybody around you, it's okay to steal then. Like if you're just taking and picking their brains and like, like Rogers, John Rogers taught me the whole peeling back the onion thing. Mm -hmm. Did he say, Hey, come on, I'm going to mentor you on peeling back the onion. No, I watched him execute it. And I was like, ah, got it. So I took, I stole that knowledge that he had and made it mine too. So sometimes it's okay. <laughs> yeah, that it is. It is. It can be. And direction comes in so many forms, but let's move to the next one, Ed coaching. Ooh. Mentorship is coaching. I can say that's one of the things, you know, and whenever I hear coaching, there's two things that come to mind, being like a high school football, basketball coach or baseball coach, or literally one of the things that we do in the army is we say, when you're doing uh, marksmanship, having a coach on the line with you, basically kind of like getting you through things. And those are the types of things I think of. And then I think, okay, well, 
how do you associate being a mentor with a coach in that manner? And I'm like, oh, it makes sense because we may know what we're doing. We just need somebody to be able to coach us from the outside. And, you know, I said this to you the other day to some to some people, uh, our eyeballs see out. They never see in. They can't see inside of us. They can't see what's going on with us, but they see out. And I think that, you know, that that's part of that whole coaching or I can relate to coaching with that person can see what's going on and then they can make those adjustments and say, all right, well, I'm noticing you got this going on. How about you try tweaking this just a little bit and let's see what happens, right? That's part of coaching. Um, it could be whether you're firing a weapon on the line and, and it could be a mag change. It could be anything from sight picture to breathing to trigger pull, all those different things where you're noticing what's going on. So with that, we're talking about the mentor and the mentee in coaching. They both had to be paying attention to each other and what's going on at the same time. And there's different aspects. And then probably later on, which we'll, we'll, we can get more into it, we'll talk more about it, but now they're, they're bouncing this back and forth with each other. And it's probably happening in split seconds, right? Yeah. You've talked about it multiple times about vision and visioning uh, the basketball who uh, going through the hoop <laughs> when you play basketball, right? Absolutely. Was did somebody coach you on that? Uh, no, I was self taught. I actually read it in a book, but <laughs> yeah, nobody really. I read that in a book. Well, who wrote it though? Oh, uh, I guess yeah. So if you put it like that, then uh, I don't remember who wrote the book though. I really don't pull on me for that. That's been. <laughs> a lot of years <laughs> but yeah no i i get you yeah but in a sense though i mean that's that can be a mentor you you obviously you you got that book because of the person who wrote it most likely or the or somebody who recommended it you continue reading it because you you related to what was going on in it and what it had to say and then you took the technique that you were coached through that book because mentors don't have to be there in person either you know you you when I say build a relationship earlier, well, you are building a relationship. You're building a relationship of trust of that person that they know what they're talking about. Now, that's part of that relationship. So I don't have to be physically, you know, somebody doesn't have to be physically right there with me. If I'm, if I'm reading a John, John Maxwell book, John Maxwell is not sitting here telling me this stuff. But, but in a sense, he is because he's telling me it in his own words through his book. Right. Obviously, I can't banter back and forth with him on it, but. It is a form of mentorship and it's, and it's, and that's a coaching. Yeah. 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 No, I, that's a, that's excellent. I'm, you brought me with the basketball. So I was trying to think, how am I going to explain my thoughts on coaching? And then you mentioned basketball. So I do remember very distinctly when I played basketball, I was playing in a rec league, right? And you're in practice and you get an open shot and you take the shot and the coach says what? Hey, that was a smart shot. Great shot, whatever, but follow your shot. So you're in position for the rebound. So he gave me positive feedback because I took a smart shot. But then at the same time, he gave me some um, something constructive feedback to change a behavior. Follow your shot so that you're in position for a rebound. Very simple, right? Same thing. Well, you can apply that to anything. A coach provides the, the motivation and the feedback. Well, I imagine if you're in a company, right, and you're going to presentation, Hey, the presentation was really well laid out and prepared, but when you delivered it, you stammered along. So maybe some rehearsal or something in the future. So I gave you some positive, but I also said, Hey, here's how we can make it even better. And that's a mentor. That's a mentor serving as the role of a coach. 
Absolutely. You mentioned earlier, um, they probably say, hey, good follow through the shot. Mine was normally, hey, why didn't you pass that? You really shouldn't have shot that. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't the greatest of basketball players back in high school. I just, who put you in the game? <laughs> yeah, actually. So funny story, you say that. Um, I got to go in a game one time, um, and I got down the lane a little way. One time? Yeah. I didn't play a lot in high school basketball. Football, no, that's a different story. One of the point guards, he was one of our better point guards. He stole the ball and he threw it to me. And I was like, here's my chance. And I could dunk pretty well. And I went up to slam it. And not only did I brick it and it go flying all the way back across half court, also, I snapped the rim and got a technical. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. And then so <laughs> I, I, I was in the game for a probably minute one minute and then was out of the game <laughs> i can tell so, you that if you ever got in a game again i would never have passed to you again i, I yeah if you blow an open shot i just don't pass to those people anymore no nah, and, and i'm not saying that i was i was horrible i just i don't think my fundamentals were uh i i wasn't developed in the fundamentals enough i didn't start playing like for instance i didn't start basketball and start getting coached with direction in basketball until i was a freshman in high school so like if I would have started learning at an earlier age and I would have had a good mentor, then maybe I would have been better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I struggled too. So I learned to play in the park in Morningside, Maryland, and the game in a park with a bunch of your buddies is a lot different than one when there's an actual referee. Oh, yeah. So I had a lot of foul trouble very early when I started playing organized basketball. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I wish, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, when I look back and I think of, people within my life, it was around the high school period that I actually felt like I had mentors, you know, and it wasn't just uh, the coaches, it could have been the teachers, it was some of my peers that helped mentor me and things. And I hope I did the same back. I'm not sure. But and with that brings me to the next point. The next of the eight is support. Mentorship is support. And it's support of that person and what's going on and what they're supposed to be doing and what you're mentoring them in or what or as a mentee what you're receiving from the mentor you know it's that support back and forth we talked about the relationship and building trust right let me even jump back into the reading of a book if i if i read a simon sinek book or i read a john maxwell book it's supporting my ideas and understanding right their information they're able to continue to give you that support through these mass messages that they send out. I mean, all the time, like whenever I see on LinkedIn or even on Facebook, Simon Sinek, he'll put these messages. I have a, on my whiteboard behind my desk. I literally have one of Simon Sinek's sayings, and it's been up there for about three or four weeks now. And I've yet to have somebody ask me anything about that. They always look at it because I always look at their eyes because they look up because <laughs> it's just one of those. Yeah, I'll look over and I'll see them. They'll be looking up and I know they're reading it. And I'm I'm uh, curious to when that first person is going to ask me about that because I, I find it to be rather insightful. But basically, once you become a leader, you no longer can be lazy. Now you have to work twice as hard and you need to work harder because you have to lead other people. Right. So that, that's what that means to me. And so when I see it every day, I'm thinking to myself, and this is support of Simon Sinek because he's put this on a, a somewhere and I pulled it off. The, I basically I wrote it down and I put it up on there because that to me, that's a support 
because I find him to be a mentor. He's not a personal mentor, but he's a mentor. It helps support my fundamental ideas of what a leader should be within the organization. So when you think of mentorship as support, what are your thoughts, Ed? Reach back capabilities. What's that mean? So you said recently, I believe, on the episode that you still interact with the bearded ninja. He comes up a lot, you know. Uh, you, <laughs> but you talked about. I just talked to him the other day. You see, so but so when you talk to him and you and you tell him, hey, you know, this is going on, that's going on, and he may make some suggestions, right? So that sounds like some kind of mentorship, and he's also providing you some support from afar so distance mentorship is still mentorship uh the young man we talked about with the board uh he's in hawaii now but before he left north carolina hey can you look at my evaluations or i have this situation going on with my evaluations and then i provide some guidance to him that's that's what i think of when i think of support he has that reach back capability when he has gets to a point where he's like i'm not sure what to do here well, the whole thing about it, the whole reason for the shows, the two shows previous to this, you mentioned it earlier. We were given that you were, and then I was through you, given that book to read. And to me, that reach back capabilities along with the support, because his recommendation was, oh, you should really check this out. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, hey, read this now. Or if you haven't read this, you're garbage or, you know, anything like that. It was, you should really check this out. And you became enticed because you he's already built one, the leadership capital that you talked about. And that's a, a supporting factor. And you felt supported and you're like, yeah, maybe I should. And then you did it. Yeah. And do you remember why I even was talking to him at that point? I do not. Why don't you tell us? Because he was reviewing my promotion board file to give me some feedback on what I needed to fix or what, what looked good, what didn't look good. And I want you to keep in mind that I haven't seen him. Since 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and so when we talk about the inner circle, like I don't speak to them every month or anything, but here and there, one of us will message the other, but that's that support. And then when you talk about mentorship being two ways, well, when he took the position that he's moving into now, he asked me for some feedback and I reached out to you and some other people from the academy and got him some feedback on that job. Mm-hmm. So I gave him some reverse mentorship. It's it's just phenomenal how you look at you you can look at it in so many ways. And and I'll say it once, I'll say it a thousand times. That person doesn't have to be personally in your life that you talk to to get all this. So it can be somebody that's is a phys- physically there, or they're that you actually have conversations with, or people that you're just learning from that you don't absolutely know. I think there's different levels, right? And I think we'll we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the actual mentor tomorrow and those different levels of what of types of mentors, right? Um, but let's go into you mean next week? Oh, that's right, because we're recording it tomorrow, but it will be next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> a next little area that we were going to discuss uh, in this eight because we already we already went with direction, coaching, and support. The very next one is goals, all right? The next one we're talking about, that doesn't mean there's the next thing in line, but goals. So mentorship is goals. Setting goals are 
we've talked about that multiple times on this show and how setting goals, whether it be building the vision or it was it uh, about um, communication or, you know, having good values or any of those different things. Setting goals can be done in multiple aspects. It could be somebody like, for instance, Ed, you brought up to try to get promoted or you would not have done, you know, your records and review with a mentor, right? And that person is helping you in that in those goals. So they're helping solidify those goals. Now, let me ask you this, though. Were they part of the development of that goal to get promoted? Uh, no, because I've been promoted a couple of times since I worked with them. So, yes, at one point to get a promotion, but this far along, really not uh, as much. Okay. Oh, hold on. Let's think about this. You said not as much, but when you think about who that person was, right, during your time, was that person, uh, that particular sergeant major, he was a first sergeant when you he first started mentoring you? Yes. Yep. Okay. Now, do you think you would like to emulate that type of first sergeant that he was? I, I could see that, yeah. Okay, so then he actually helped set that goal long be, to me long before, and you you're just you're just kind of you formulated who you are and that your leadership style off of multiple people. So they actually informally helped you build onto that goal. I mean, that's how I see it, though. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's probably yeah, I can see that with him too. So with him, one of his things was to take a moment, and breathe. Uh, sometimes in my office, sometimes in his office. He'd take a moment and just kind of breathe before he got into a situation that, you know, he knew was going to be tough or something like that. And I do try to do that um, myself. So, yeah, I could. And then his genuine, the one of the things I, I always liked about him is he had a genuine care for the soldiers, whether everybody agreed with that or not. He still had a genuine care for the soldiers. So one of the big things, and I don't think I ever even mentioned it is <clears throat> he put people in for awards that, in the army, there's no, hey, you have to be this rank to get an award, but there's an unspoken kind of that's what happens. Yeah. And he put people in for awards that was well above the norm for their rank and grade. And then he stood by it and fought, hey, there's no regulation that says they can't get it because they're only a sergeant E5. And so that kind of care, genuine, like, no, I'm not, this is my values. This is what I believe in standing up for it. That's that would absolutely be who I want to be as a first sergeant. I don't want to be a yes man. It's just like, yes, Roger, we'll do that. Yes. Like if it's smart. Yes. If it doesn't make sense, then I want to be that guy that's like, well, it doesn't really make sense. What about this? When I think about it, too, though, with goals in goals um, within mentorship, they they can both be actively like within it can be actively involved together, you know, the mentor and the mentees, or it could be inactively. When I say inactive, uh, I mean, like, as in like, I'm drawing from what I've seen, and I want to build that what I was saying earlier, but the active one is very crucial too, And it's talking about those goals. Like, for instance, you mentioned about uh, wanting to if, if we're helping, let's say we're just helping another soldier with their in their career to go to school. Well, you, you just talked about, you know, giving them direction um, and getting them direction toward a school. But then now once, once that started, it's not just like, okay, well, here you go. 
you you don't just end it there. You continue on because now it's it talks about okay, well, what is the, what's the first class you have to take? You probably have to take this type of class because it's an introductory, you know, and all that stuff. And then you may want to go this way, and then or even goals of well, have you really thought about you know you're going to do all these general studies? What the major is going to be? And so you're you're kind of you're helping them guide those goals as a, that's what a mentor does. And a, and and a mentee on the opposite side is also they're in reception mode. They're receiving and they're receiving this information. They're using deductive reasoning to kind of help them go the direction they need to through the coaching and the support of the mentor. So mentorship can be both active and inactive coaching through goals. Yeah. And, you know, and some of it can be like for informal, you know, it could be a matter of, all right, so this soldier just gets promoted or, you know, some, I keep going to military because it's what I know. And I, and I really apologize for that, but um, you should never have to. And the soldier just gets promoted, right? And you say, oh, so what are you doing to get promoted to the next rank? Well, I'm, I'm going to start I'm going to start going to school. Oh, OK. When you uh, you already been to education center, you know, these are the discussions you can have. No, but I'm going to go this week. All right. And back in my mind, I'm thinking about that. Then next week I say, hey, what you find out at the education center? So he set a goal without me saying, hey, like, this is a goal. And I'm following up on that goal informally by saying, hey, what you find out? Oh, you know, I think I'm going to uh, do a general studies. Oh, well, have you tried to think what you're interested in to do something other than general studies? Those are the goals that you can kind of informally. Now, in the military, we had the advantage of counseling sessions where we can sit down. And I want to believe that even uh, in the civilian sector, you can sit down with people who work for you and say, hey, like, what are your goals? Uh you know, what is your five-year goal for being here at the company? Where do, where do you see yourself in five years? Those type of questions to kind of develop these goals. Uh, I think the most important thing with goals, though, is they're not my goals as the mentor. They're your goals as the mentee that we come up with together because that gets that buy-in from you as the mentee that this is my goal. You know, if I tell you, you need to go see the education center and you need to have it done by Friday, and next Friday, I want you to be able to tell me what you think you want to study. Eh, you're going to probably blow it off a little bit. There's not that buy-in. You're going to feel forced. So maybe you're not going to put forth your best effort at, at achieving those things. But if we agree together, then then the buy-in and the magic happens. Okay, so I'm going to read a little uh, a, a little sentence here. And it's actually from a John Maxwell book that I have. And you can interchange uh, leaders with mentees. Okay. But I'm going to read it like it's written. Find the one thing that you believe is the potential leader's greatest asset and then give 100% encouragement in that area. I think that's part of that goals right there. Cause I could, I could change that and say potential mentees greatest asset. Right. And you just talked about school. And, and if I tell you to do it, am I really creating some ownership in that? No, probably not. No. You're not going to own it. You're not going to want it. Like is if, you know, if it's, if it's your idea, you're probably going to want it more. And now what I'm going to do is I'm going to give 100% encouragement in that area. Let's say it's, I don't know. Um, I want to start a, uh, a guinea pig farm. You know, is that a, I, I don't know what the business and guinea pigs are, so I don't know if it's a good idea or not. I mean, maybe maybe it's a lucrative business. I don't know. But you still kind of, kind of, if somebody, if that's what their, where their heart's at, hey, give them their support. Now, 
if obviously you do your research as as a, say as a mentor within this mentorship program, and you do your research and realize, hey, the guinea pig market's kind of a dying market. It's not like the gerbil market, which is way you know getting way <laughs> way better. You know, you may want to help them change their direction. Or the rabbits, rabbits are really taking off. Guinea pigs are you know dying out. Um, <laughs> I'm just, you know, and I'm just using it as kind of like an example of, you know, uh, help them build those goals, you know, and if that's their goal, then you have to encourage them in that. Um, But let's move on. Let's move on to the next element. The next element within this is training. Training comes in so many forms. It could be formal training, informal training. Um, It could be uh, group training, individual training. Uh, It could be it could be online. It could be in person. It, I mean, there's just, there's so much about training that it's like, where do you start? Well, I think I truly believe that training comes once you've built that relationship and, and you understand where, what the mentorship needs to be. Like for instance, I asked earlier, where are we going and what have you already accomplished? If I start training you, Ed, on how to do counseling statements, because that's what we know in the Army, right. and I just start from the beginning, would you think I've wasted my time if I'm just going to teach you, like right now, at this point in your career, would you think I've wasted my time if I tried to teach you first what a counseling statement, like the form is, and then going all the way through all the elements of it? So like at my level, do you think that would... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right now. Is that what you're asking? Yep. At our two levels, if I was to teach you about counseling, to mentor you on counseling and doing, you know, and counseling others, and I started at the counseling statement and I taught you about the actual, the actual document and then each element of the document. And I tried to, I tried to teach you on it. (laughs) Would you think that's a waste of time? Uh, Absolutely. I, I absolutely would. Now you may have something interesting in there, but overall, overall. I would say, yeah, because you may teach me something, right? Um, because we can still learn. Lifelong learning is still a thing for us, even as seniors, but right. the, the the bulk of the time. So if you spent an hour teaching me that, you might get me one or two things, but the rest of that hour is just wasted space. And I'm probably going to space out and may not even catch those one or two things. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. And that's where that all falls back on is first thing is as asking where we want to go with this and what you've already accomplished. If I've asked those questions or, and I've dug into those questions enough and I've, I've done enough follow-up questions on those two questions, I can gauge where we are to understand how to train. So let's even dig back to our past together. And, you know, we've talked about it before, the implementation of the new curriculum, right? Ooh, with yeah. that, <laughs> that's a big thing. Because we had to develop training for our NCOs that worked for us there. But we didn't start from the beginning. We actually took what they already knew and we built on that. And then each time we just add a little bit more onto it. Wouldn't you, I mean, do you think is the right area about training or would you go a different direction? No, no. I thought it was really, I th- in fact, that whole program, uh, the way we laid it out. And I say we, but I mean, really you. Uh, no, I didn't do it by the whole program, I thought, <laughs> I know there was a lot of people involved, uh, Richard uh, Gidry and Mr. Williams. and But the way it was laid out, I thought the whole thing was mentorship, step-by-step mentorship. And we understood that at the most basic level of that curriculum change, the only people really that had any knowledge of it was uh, yourself and, and Gidry, 
because y'all went to the to the trainer trainer course, right? Mr. Williams, Justin, and I, because Mr. Williams made us uh, look into it and research it ahead of you coming back uh, with the material from the course, right? So other than us four, the everybody else was ignorant to the most basic level. So I, I would say that training was mentorship the entire time. And then you, at the end, you get measurable results. You can see how, you know, they, they embraced it, how the instruction went. I'm sorry, facilitation went. So you had something you could see as, as tangible proof of the training. Yeah, absolutely. But it was all built upon what they already knew. And that was that was the key element of it, I feel like, right? So they already knew how to create discussion. We were just teaching them how to create more discussion and understand it even further. Or they already knew how to uh, read the material. We just went into more uh, a little bit more in depth into how to elaborate on the material through the student instead of them just talking all the time and the and you know so on and so forth. Yes, but with the training, it's there's the element of understanding where you need to go, but also knowing the individual. And that falls back on what I talked about earlier with, and and you took, you did also about building a relationship, creating pride in that person. So if you understand that person and you know that person a little bit more, or there's, there's an understanding there, the training is going to be more accepted. There's going to be more ownership as we spoke earlier too about just like whether it's, it's in person. And I personally know that person or if it's through a book or a website that they've published or you know a video that they do, that training, it helps to build off of that relationship. If you ever listen to if you ever listen to Simon Sinek, and I know you have because I've showed you some of his videos, those of you out there are listening. If you ever listen to him, when he speaks and he engages, he's engaging the audience. But it's funny, he really engages the audience who are viewing it through the video, not just the audience that are there physically there, but he actually engages the people through the video because he's relatable. And that's part of the whole understanding, you know, understanding and building a relationship with it. You got to be relatable. If you're relatable, which we'll talk about as a mentor later, you're going to be able to develop a better training. I can't just, I can't just provide training to someone in the way I think it should be. I have to understand first and I have to make it relatable and I have to be relatable at the same time. Part of mentorship is training and making it relatable. Anything else on training? Yeah. So you know what? I'm going to go to your life experience on training uh, because training really is, you can train people. So I know I'm going to be out the office and I can take one of the, you know, people that work with me or for me and say, Hey, I'm going to need you to fill in while I'm out the office on Monday. So I feel like somebody, right. Had you fill in for them numerous times as the first sergeant, years ago and that all he was really doing is preparing you for right now while you are the first sergeant right so that was he was training you to be an effective leader at that level by having you sit in for him when he wasn't present it's the same thing and and even you know in my limited knowledge of corporate america i would see it as okay hey i'm gonna be out the office but Hey, Brian, can you take the lead on this next meeting, get it planned and um, and get out the calendar invites for me and da, da, da. And I'm not going to be there. So you're going to have to take the lead. Now I gave you a week or so notice so that you can ask those questions as you're planning this, this meeting that you're going to lead. And now you're leading a meeting that I normally lead as the supervisor, 
but I've developed you to be able to take on that role and that's training, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, what's crazy about that? Like that example right there, that builds so much. Yeah. But it depends upon the person too, because that, that particular leader could be also seen with an organization as lazy and doesn't do his job or her job or vice versa, or they are usually too controlling and I can't believe they gave up the reins. You know, they must really trust me type thing. Yeah. And now there's that relationship built. Yeah, exactly, man. That's, that's a great, great example. So I can, um, I'll give you one more example real quick. Uh, so my wife, you know, she works at the shop at with AFES, which is for those that don't know, it's like the convenience store on base, but it allows so that that job allows her to move with me and all this other stuff. So her supervisor recognizes potential in in her. Right. And what he does is he starts training my wife on some of the stuff that the supervisor does. And then she applies for and interviews for a supervisor position, which she gets. So now he's already trained her on supervisor stuff. Correct. Now what he does is he says, now that you're a supervisor, we got to train you to open and close the store. So he has her come in for a full week of just opening, a full week of closing. The first day or two, the supervisor teaches her, this is what you do when you open this, and then you got to do this, and then this is this. On day three or four, he says, hey, I'll be in the back doing X, Y, and Z, open the store. And what he does is he's really giving her a safety net, but he's making her open the store to show that she learned training, the training that he had been giving her. And, oh, by the way, the, the store is not going to fail or burn down because he's back there in case she has a question. So she goes, she has a question. Now, fast forward two weeks later, and now she's opening and closing the store by herself. Well, that's nothing but him mentoring her to be a supervisor and training her through a, a, a process of a month and a half. So I think that is absolutely training and mentorship oh yeah and and it's funny uh i i love what you, you had to say there too with he's in the back and he's kind of the safety net he's also able to gauge if he you know if he's truly engaged into the job which i don't know him so i can't say anything for him but as my brain's working right now is if he's truly engaged in the job if she's approaching him about certain things now one he can see areas that he possibly has missed mm. as the mentor in the training. So now he knows how to develop that even more. And he's creating almost like a mental continuity. Those of you listen, uh, one of the things that we often talk about uh, within our organizations um, is it's, it's called a continuity book. Um, some of them are, <laughs> some of them are actually written out. Some of them are just kind of like a verbatim and you just keep passing it on and on. And it, it's kind of like it, the message changes a little bit. Some of them are, you know, they're, they're found in, you know, online somewhere or whatever, but a continuity book is, I, I could probably say that's probably one of the best elements or the best things that I've ever been taught uh, in the army because it literally helps you not make the same mistakes. And I'm not saying making mistakes is a bad thing, but if you continuously make the same mistake, well, we got a problem here, you know, uh, but continuity, that's a huge part of that. And I think that uh, that kind of helps him also see maybe where maybe where her weaknesses could be if she had to ask. And I don't know if they did. Maybe she had to come back and ask them. Maybe it was more like she knew, but her confidence was a little off at the time. So now as a mentor, I have to start building confidence, right? That's more like I have to, hey, I trust you. Hey, I got your back here. I know you can do it. 
Yeah. Words, positive affirmation is a massive piece in being a mentor also when it talks about support and, and training. So also coaching. Remember we talked about, hey, great shot, but follow your rebounds. Yep. Hey, you did a good job opening the store, but you know, the coffee machine, you never, you never loaded up the coffee machine. So it's nothing but hot water. That little bit of feedback. Like we got to make sure. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we go back. So you can see now what we're showing uh, the listeners is that these can interact together. That's why I said there's no step one, step two, step three, because part of training, he's going to be coaching her when, especially when he's doing the follow-up to see how the training uh, what would the training produce? So, and he is a retired master. So he does have some military tendencies. <laughs> I guarantee there's a continuity book around that place. Oh, it's somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. There's a binder somewhere in there with a ton of PowerPoint and Excel spreadsheets and word documents that explain everything guaranteed. Yeah. And so this is really funny about him and mentorship. So he was the same military occupation specialty as I am. Right. Mm-hmm. He mentored uh, the guy that mentored me on how to run a motor pool effectively in our, our, our job, our MOS. I mean, so he, the guy he mentored, he met in Germany, he mentored him in Baumholder, Germany. That guy went to Fort hood, Texas when I was there and I knew him from the early nineties when we were a different MOS together. And that guy mentored me on how to run a motor pool based off what he had learned from this guy who now is my wife's boss. That's that's just awesome. <laughs> I think that builds upon I think that builds a little bit on top of the very next element we're about to get into in a sense. Oh, what we got? It's motivation. Ooh. Motivation <laughs> cuz in a thing, you think about it. Let's just look at this. Let's look at this this whole story, right? For instance, that that guy mentored your mentor and then your wife can see the success you've had with her support, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> but that built a trust in him probably just a little bit if if once you guys figured it out and she's able to be motivated by that individual as a mentee. Now, on the opposite side, him knowing what needs to be done because he's had experience allows him the understanding of how to motivate someone in a positive manner. Mm-hmm. Does that make I mean, does it make sense or? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. And I think that's one of the values of uh, as us as old soldiers when we retire. I think that's one of our values is to be able, we have an understanding of how to motivate young soldiers and stuff. And I think when you take that into corporate America, I think that's a valuable tool, honestly. Yeah. And, and you know what's even funnier is I when I looked at this list, Ed, earlier, there was one word that was missing that we have been ingrained with as the definition of leadership uh, you know, in the army purpose because <laughs> purpose, direction, and motivation, that's all part of the, uh, the, you know, leadership definition. And, uh, that is the definition. <laughs> I thought to myself, I actually thought it when, when we were compiling this, I was like, man, we should probably try to fit purpose in here somewhere. But then again, I thought, well, <laughs> I think purpose is the whole overall thing. You know, the whole purpose is to be able to do all is, is mentorship itself to be a good, you know, have good mentorship. That's the purpose. I mean, you can slide mentorship into several of them too, like goals or direction. Like, why am I going that way? Like, here's your purpose for. So I think the purpose statement could fit in several places. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It kind of fits in all over in mentorship. Absolutely. You know, and if we tap into the motivation a little bit more, those of you in the audience uh, and you, you probably can relate to this. Um, Usually the people that are listening are those who are already on, you know, they have a great understanding of it. But if you don't, that's okay, because we're going to, you know, kind of go into it. But 
understanding motivation is an, a key, key aspect, right? I don't buy a Simon Sinek book just, be, just to buy it. I buy it because I'm motivated to understand what he's saying, all right? I don't, I don't uh, try to learn from Rick Williams just because, well, uh, that's just what I'm supposed to do. No, I'm motivated to listen to and talk to and to communicate with him because of you know what he has. I'm also motivated in my own personal goals, my own personal life, the elements that I want to help build me uh, in, in my life along with my family. So there are different things that motivate people. Some people are motivated by money. Some people are motivated by success or what's considered to be success. Some people are motivated for recognition. Some people are motivated by gifts. You know, um, I think that's that can fall into uh, the five love languages almost too, you know, because there are certain things that different people need out of a relationship. Although there's all the the five areas, but some people need one more than the other. I think that directly correlates to motivation. Words of praise. Some people are motivated by words of praise, but you don't know who he is always. You just have to figure that part out. What do you have to say about motivation, Ed? Yeah, so I'm trying to think, like, I think motivation is very important to both the mentor and the mentee, too, because the, as a mentor, I need to be motivated that I want to help this person. And maybe they picked you. Maybe, you know, they're like, hey, hey, can you, men-, you know, I would really appreciate if you would mentor me on X, Y, and Z, on uh, planning this big conference or whatever. And you're like, oh, great. But I think that motivation aids in uh, the mentor-mentorship or mentor-mentee relationship. And I think it's very important. It, probably one of the more important things, because if I don't, if I don't, if I don't buy in as the mentor, they're not going to buy in as a mentee. And then we wasted our time with everything else we've talked about. Absolutely. Motivation is a, is a key element in, in anything, whether it's being an influencer, a leader or a mentor, which to me, they're also all three encompassed into one thing. Motivation can be tons of things. I sometimes I, I like to uh, listen to certain songs when I'm in the gym because it motivates me to do to work harder because maybe the beat is a little harder. The words are a little more aggressive, whatever it is. The movie 300, it makes me want to kick people in the chest into a deep hole. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but there are different aspects of motivation. And the key piece to that is as the mentor within mentorship, you have to understand what motivates your mentee so build a relationship or get to understand them if if it's uh, you know a direct correlation as the mentee you have to be able to communicate your motivations and what motivates you and what helps you along so there has to be open dialogue there in a sense too um, yeah. but then again like i said it doesn't have to always be a personal relationship but it's understanding the key aspect, motivation. Motivation is an element of mentorship. And I think that motivation also uh, belongs in with coaching. So here we go cross-talking with these uh, or cross-walking these different things again. Because a coach, what's a coach do? Like we see an NFL game where we see the coach on the sideline. Good play, good play. And, and he's patting the yep. soldiers on the back when they come. Or the soldiers. He's patting a player. Uh, who just made the big tackle on Tom Brady on the back as he's coming to the sideline, you know? And so he's providing that motivation that, wow, the coach really appreciated that hit on Tom Brady. The next time I'm going to try to knock his spine out 
uh, out of alignment. So he's giving them motivation uh, through his mentorship and through as the coach. So I think that's uh, that's important to understand how those two kind of crosswalk with each other. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna tap into two things here. First, I'm no longer motivated <laughs> to do this show with you because you are being disrespectful to Tom Brady. Um, second, uh, you know what's funny uh, with motivation and coaches, and that's I think coaches in generals are or or just leaders who who speak to groups of people are some of the best motivators there are in words. Uh, some of the best motivational speeches I've ever heard came from a coach, either a pregame, halftime, or after a game. Some of the best motivational speeches, whether they there there's something that was done by say Vince Lombardi or you know maybe one of these excellent basketball coaches or whatever, and it was recorded online, or it was you know in high one of my high school, Gabby Price was our high school head coach, and he was just. He just made you want to do good. And it, and it was his motivational speeches sometimes or how he would put things. Or sometimes he would bring in people to fire us up right before we got out there to play that gave that motivation through a good speech in a sense. So don't let the spoken word fool you people out there. Motivation can uh, definitely come from that big time. Yeah, no, and, and there's a lot of them that are uh, – I mean – Patton was a big, you know, his speeches, he was known for firing his soldiers up. And they'd be angry at him today and tomorrow he'd give this big rousing speech. And then they would go into Sicily and, and you know, they'd get the big victory. And that was one of the things he was big on was his speeches and his ability to rile these troops and his presence at mm-hmm. the front, of course. You know, it's funny you, uh, you brought up Patton, but uh, a, a current living gentleman, uh, that I I like to look up um, different types of speeches for is uh, Mad Doug Mattis. I like to hear him speak. He is just eloquent in his words, and he fires me up when he talks. I just don't know something about him. He just gets me going, man. I think the the best one I've had in my career, and I, and, and think about yours. I like to hear yours, but Sergeant Major Sia, uh, Neil Sayatola, he was the third course R major, and I was graduating from uh, the NCO Academy at the time, and he gave a speech, man, and I wanted to go out, get on a plane, and go straight to Iraq or Afghanistan. Like He just had that kind of impact, but he was a, his speeches were very honest. And uh, one of the things he said, and my wife would probably kill me, but he made a lot of the women, to include my wife, cry is, he said, all these fine soldiers sitting in front of me, they'd be nothing without those spouses sitting behind them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he just was a very, but he was always very blunt. Like, he was a very blunt guy in, in his speeches. But I'll never forget Sergeant Major Neil Sayatola. He was actually General Odenero's uh, Sergeant Major when he was the Third Corps commander. So he was one of the best ones. Who's one that really sticks out for you as far as a motivation kind of speaker? Like, in, in person? Yeah, just somebody throughout your career or whatever. I know it's a rabbit hole, but it's okay. <laughs> a rabbit hole. There's a whole bunch of people. So I've said it before, I, and I talk about Joshua Bryan. Um, and he actually, to tell you, I'm about to start. I'm, that's who I'm going to go work for down the road here. I'm still motivated by him. I think it's because it's the personality he has and the relationship that I've built. And it's and it's not that you know, we don't have, like, we don't hang out. That's not We don't have that type of relationship. 
But he used to say this all the time, and I've said it on the show before, and it stick it has stuck with me, and it fires me up when I think about it. He used to tell you, like, okay, we have, and I'm not gonna say the total number because I tell you truth, I don't know. Maybe it's 350. He's like, we have 350 people in this formation right now. If we went out and every one of us did one good thing for somebody else, that's 350 good things done today. Mm-hmm. And we can continue doing this. And I was just like, man, that makes so much sense. You know, like I wanted to go do something good. And I would hope that all the people to the left of me and the right of me want to do the same thing. And that just, I don't know, that that creates uh, a better place, not only for me and, and and my compadres there, but also my children and my children's children, you know, that type of thing. Like the positivity, you know what I mean? Like it, that fires me up to know that somebody wants to do something good in this world. Now, hey, if we got to send rounds down range, hey, got it. I understand that part too. But, you know, if we can do something to help someone else out or or just or just doing something good in general and, and you know, being a, a good steward, and have stewardship of whatever it is we're doing, man, that's to me, that that's just awesome right there. And I think that Brian, if you look closely uh, talking about uh, Joshua, Brian, it actually takes us into the next, uh, next point. What do you think? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Most most certainly Um, advice. (laughs) Advice is another element that we found in mentorship. Mentorship is advice. If I had a, I don't even have to say a nickel or a dime. If I had a penny every time somebody gave me good advice and I didn't take it or I didn't do it, I'd be a rich man. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> I think with advice, the one thing I, I, I always, I think it shouldn't be unsolicited advice. I don't want you to just be like, you should do this and you should do that. Unproductive advice, I think, can be very dangerous to a mentorship, mentee, uh, mentor mentee relationship. Yes. So that's the one kind of caution, like red flag for me on advice. But yeah, I think advice is very important, though. And that right there to me, understanding the right time to offer it. You're absolutely correct. When it's when it's just somebody forcing it, it doesn't feel right. You almost got to want somebody. Somebody has to want to receive advice for you to be able to give it. And that comes to me. That really comes down to I have a problem. And I'm seeking a solution because I can't come up with a solution. Now, I've tried, but I just can't come up with something. And I go to someone and I say, hey, listen, here's my problem. This is what's going on. I, I thought about this, this, and this, but I don't. Uh, that's not going to quite work. What do you recommend? And they give you their advice. That's what they're, they're doing. Now, they may say, well, do this, this, and this, and it'll make it work. Uh, yeah, I got you. But it's when they're like, oh, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I've tried this before and this may work. Or have you thought about doing this, this, and this? That's advice. That, that's, that, that's where growth happens. That's where a bond happens too. Because first thing is I came to you seeking your advice because I trusted you because we've built a relationship, like I said. Or let's go back to the whole I don't know you, Simon Sinek or, or John Maxwell. But I've gone to your your websites, your books, seeking the advice because I want to become better through your mentorship that's kind of inadvertently a mentorship. You know, advice is a finicky thing, man. It really is. Sometimes people think they're giving advice and they're really not. And then there's other times they're giving advice and they don't realize it and people are grasping onto it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think the other thing that, um, and, I, and I've read it somewhere preparing for this show is, with advice, I think the first step 
before I want to give advice is I want to try to get the um, mentee to think about it first and maybe uh, try to come up with some creative ways to, to inspire the mentee to come up with their own solution first. You know what I mean? Like some critical and critical and creative thinking to start before I would interject my advice. And even for me personally, I think even before I interjected my advice or when I do, I think I'm going to interject hopefully multiple courses of action. So, all right, you know, you can handle that problem this way, um, you know, with this direct approach or you can go more indirect or da, 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 and then let the men, put it back in the mentee's court to make that decision. I don't want to just give them one course of action. Hey, this is how I would handle it. And then they're going to go with it. And maybe that didn't work for them, but I would definitely try to get creative yeah. first. And I find it, uh, you're actually really good with the questioning to try to, before you give advice, I don't know if you do it on purpose or not, but at least in my interactions with you, I've, I've experienced where you'll ask those questions to try to push me towards my own thought and decision. And then you'll be like, yeah, that, I mean, that's, that sounds like a good, uh, good plan. So, and then if all else fails, then you'll interject. Well, you know, um, and like I said, I've experienced that with you in particular. Well, thank you. When you say that, when questioning for advice, right? And that that is a that is a key element to advice is the proper questioning. When questioning for advice, it's there's two different things going on there that I that I feel like I'm doing when I do it. All right, and and other people could do different things. So this is just this is from me to like me to you or to anybody that's listening kind of thing. We're questioning. I'm trying to understand one, what's going on. And at the same time, I'm gauging your knowledge on it. And it, and it could be something I've dealt with or not dealt with. And that's why I say, I'm trying to figure out what, well, what is this, what's going on? And then your knowledge on it, because obviously you're going to be, you know, if I'm asking you certain questions, you're providing me answers. And now I'm, I'm, I'm building my own little mind map of where we are and where we're going on this. One of the typical questions I like to ask, and I do that here is what's the end state. A lot of times I feel like, and I don't know if you've ever noticed this, Ed, I feel like people don't really know what the end state's supposed to be. They're just working a problem to get through the problem, but they don't really like know the true end state. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think that's actually a problem with uh, decision-making. So when you're working through some kind of issue or problem you know where do i want to be at the end of this and they'll just start throwing stuff at the problem throwing ideas and advice at the problem without understanding you gotta understand your end state of uh finding a solution for where do i want to get with this first absolutely yeah absolutely yeah it's it all comes down to if you don't know if you really don't know the end state or where you're trying to go with it then is the advice really advice or is it just nonsense that's being taught or being talked about so yeah, advice is uh, it's definitely one of those things though that if you don't use it properly, it's it's just wasted. It's wasted time, wasted breath, wasted communication, just in any manner. So, and then again, in my case, like if I seek advice from a website or, or, or somebody who who I feel is credible in a certain topic, sometimes I've run into where I've gone. You know, I look through a book for a certain answer to my question. Basically, I'm seeking that advice for my question, and I don't find that answer. And I'm like, wow, I just wasted a bunch of time. I guess that wasn't the right, uh, <laughs> you know, area to find it in. You know, it's one of those type of things. It, I mean, that's happened too before. With you know, with advice, hey, it's just that too. 
uh, take it with a grain of salt because not all advice is meant to be used. It's just another, it's just another form of, uh, of communicating and also looking at a problem differently because you don't always have to take somebody's advice. You can ask for it, but you don't have to take it. Now, if you do ask for it, I mean, usually whoever's giving the advice is probably going to expect you to kind of go the direction that they're, whatever they're giving you. But then again, hey, it's advice, right? But with that, we have one final area. This particular one, though, so we talked about the other seven elements. This particular element, I think kind of, I feel like it sums up the mentorship with a certain goal. I think this is like, this is what would be considered the end state of their final step most of the time in a recurring, evolving, ongoing, all the time mentorship. And that's success. Yeah. Success, that's the end state. People define success in different ways. Well, to me, when it comes to mentorship, success is achieving what you set out to achieve. Earlier, when I said my definition of of mentorship is helping others to become their better them, if I look at that person in the beginning and then I see them at the end, are they better? Then it was a success. That's how I see it. Yeah, I think uh, so. You know, I think that for me, uh, again, military wise, so we talk about that young man in the board. To me, the success of that mentorship is right now when from a distance I watched him get promoted to sergeant. I watched him get promoted now to staff sergeant. I watched him complete airborne school. Um, and now, you know, he's going to be he's preparing for these for sergeant first class. So that's success to me as he moves each time. You know, I think that helping develop him very young and I had him very young. Those are measures of success. So even in an organization you know, outside, when we talked about having somebody else lead that meeting, right? And then Brian comes up to me afterwards and he says, hey, the boss, you know, he wants to see you. And I go in there and my boss says, hey, you know, uh, Brian led that meeting and he did an exceptional job. It was really a good meeting. Boom. That's mentorship success. Now, I want to take that back to Brian because I think it's important for me as the mentor to share that success with the mentee because that's our win streak. Right. And then now maybe Brian does more meetings and we'd start developing something else and the whole cycle just kind of starts over. So yeah, that's success to me is seeing the the end state. My end state was to get Brian prepared to take my job in the company, starting with taking lead on this meeting or conference or whatever. And the boss recognized that he did an awesome job at it. Yeah. And you know what, Ed, I also could say that success isn't always positive either. It, there's, there's an, I think there's also a negative element to success. Uh, and when I, and let me explain that failing forward, mm-hmm. um, John Maxwell, and I've, I've referenced John Maxwell a couple of times here already today, but he has a book called failing forward. My point is about failing and moving forward, failing, uh, and then achieving something from those failures or learning from those failures. I think if I'm mentoring someone and they attempt to do the things that I'm coaching them through, that I'm supporting them on, you know, through the direction that, that we had kind of decided on, that they've been trained on and they're reaching and they're trying to reach these goals uh, and I'm continuing to motivate them and give them advice and they still failed the task, but they learned from it, that's a success because they learned something. Lifelong learning. That's what you say all the time, right? Yes, lifelong learning. Exactly. So failing can also be a form of success in mentorship. 
I, yeah, and you know what came to mind for me is success can also so it's it's not really failing, but uh, for me, so let's go back to my Brian scenario. He led the meeting, he did awesome, and Brian just got promoted and he's out of my department. That hurt me. I mentored him, I got him where I wanted him to go, and he got moved. The other side is Brian did so well that he has a new job where he has a lot more responsibility and it's very overwhelming to him. So my mentor who recommended that title to us used to always say the term he victim of your own success. And what that means. So right now I have some captains that they are just Mr. Reliable, two of them, right? Everybody calls them for everything to do with anything, planning, any kind of rotation or exercise. And they both have use or lose leave, which basically to those listeners that aren't military is you have so much leave you're allowed to carry forward. And if you're over that at the end of our fiscal year, you just lose it. You don't get credit for it, it goes away. Well, the reason they have so much leave is because they're they're so engaged in everything that they can't find that opportunity to take two or three weeks of leave, you know? So that's a victim of your own success. You're doing great, but at the same time, you're also a victim of that. It's funny. You, you use that term. To, I heard that from a guy one time, um, and he didn't realize that he was being removed from a position because he was so really bad at it, like <laughs> really bad at it. And he told he told the group, uh, the the platoon, because he was a platoon sergeant at the time. He told the platoon, he's like, well, I've got to go up and work at Brigade now because I'm a victim of my own success. And and everybody was just like, you know, because everybody's quiet and stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, like, victim of your own success. You're going to go do whatever job that is not that great because you suck at your job, you know. So, <laughs> side story. When I, Whenever I hear that, that's the first thing I think of is that guy. But, yeah, I mean success comes in so many forms and and it's being able to identify what success is. Like I said earlier, some people identify it as a certain amount of money or a certain lifestyle or a certain status or, you know, just all these different things. But success is, I don't know, waking up at 4.30 in the morning with the Jocko crew, you know, um, if you're doing it every day, regimented, you know, and, you know, he's, I consider him to be one of our mentors, you know, Ed. I mean, even though we don't know him personally, but I feel like he's one of our mentors because of his knowledge, uh, his knowledge base and how he comes across and how he motivates me or you, you know, and just the goals and all that. So, you know, and that's just another aspect of success. But the key thing of this is when I say the mentorship program or a mentor, just a mentorship between a mentee and a mentor, success doesn't end that relationship of mentorship. It continues and it goes on. And it goes on and it just keeps going and going and going and going. Success is just something that you build off of. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. all it is. And, you know, when you said that, it's kind of funny because the relationship can't end because through my mentorship, I'm mentoring you to be a mentor. And as you're doing that, you may have some questions about mentorship. And, you know, so that comes back. Now I'm here for support and you reach back. So it is an on ongoing kind of uh, thing. And then also like when we talk about mentorship, I mean, we could be talking about little small things here and there or one big task that we're trying to mentor somebody through. So you can't end it. If my only goal, if my goal was to get Brian to be able to deliver this meeting or plan and, and execute this meeting, well, he still works for me. I still want great things for him. It doesn't end there. That was a success. 
And now we got to figure out our next goals. And maybe we already had these goals and where do we get them? Cause we're trying to get Brian that pay raise and, you know, get them the corner office with the windows and the views and how do we get them there? And it, so it just continues. Uh, yeah. Like you said, over and over, it's just a continual process. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing is, is knowing these little areas and, and understanding just these small aspects Um, for instance, mentorship, mentor, mentee, it helps you become a better influencer. Instinctive influencers is, you know, understanding. Once we understand more and more and more and we learn and that lifelong learning thing, we become instinctive to our influence. And influencing and being a mentor are the same thing. They really are. Just like when I say influencers and being a leader, it's the same thing. that They really are. Because to truly, like for instance, to truly be a leader, you have to influence people. And if you're unable to do that, are you really leading? Eh, maybe not. Probably not. Same thing with mentorship. To be a good mentor, you're going to have to kind of sort of influence them uh, to learn something new and use that lifelong learning that we talk about. Uh, Ed, do you have anything about this? Anything else you want to discuss? Because I have got a task. No, I I have enjoyed the uh, I actually because I think we really played with the format even a little today for our show, and I think that it I think that it flowed well, and I don't know. I enjoyed the discussions. I'm pretty uh, satisfied with what, what where we went with it. So to give you an idea, audience, we actually decided that we looked for certain uh, stuff that we wanted to talk about. We didn't, and you probably noticed before we kind of go, we went off of an article or something like this. This time it was really we pieced together some stuff, and and we just kind of like, okay, let's just let's just talk about this. Um, so let us know what you think. Um, best way to do it is possibly if you're listening. You know, with like the Apple Podcasts app, you can just do a review. If you can, please go on and do reviews uh, on those. I Google doesn't quite do that yet, um, so I understand. But if you want to just try to leave a review in general, if you can, if you go to our Facebook page, that would be good, if not better, because we actually get alerts when we get those reviews versus the Apple one. Um, the Apple one really, the the ratings and review, it just kind of helps you like get noticed more type thing. So. I'm not I'm not overly concerned with that. I, I would like to hear your thoughts, all right? What your thoughts are about the show and where we've where we've gone now for the past 33 episodes, um, plus the little additional episodes we did here and there. You know, what are your thoughts? Uh, or do, would you recommend this to others? And if so, why would you recommend it to others? You know, give us those types of things in the reviews because it really helps not only us to understand where we stand, but also others who may be looking for something like this show. So I've got a task, and it's really just uh, it's it's more like a, a two part question. You ready for it, Ed? Here we go. All right. So, episode thirty three, talking about mentorship. What is your personal definition of mentorship? And do you have an additional any additional elements we did not mention in the show that you would consider to be a part of mentorship? No. So we we went over eight elements. Those eight elements. I'll go over them again one more time. Direction, coaching, support, goals training, motivation, advice, and success. And we gave our own definition there. But once again, the task, what is your personal definition of mentorship? And do you have additional elements we did not mention in the show today? With that, Ed, got anything else for the listeners? No, just continue to support us because we greatly appreciate it. Yep. And and there's, there's places they could go to do that, couldn't they? To show their support to us? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they, they've got... Where can they go? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just laughing. <laughs> oh, um, 
yeah, so they can show their support. Uh, you know, we're on uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and they can go to those uh, areas and show support, and they could download the podcast so we can get all these states, provinces, countries. We're trying to uh, download in the world. All right, maybe not the world. But trying to get every country. We're trying to get as much as we can, and we do appreciate the support. Yeah, yeah. and support even happens when you share with somebody else too because then that somebody else probably will support and whatnot. Check them all out. Remember, if you go to the search bar in any of those little areas, just type in 101 Influence, and then we should be the one that pops up for you. Uh, we also have the website, www.instinctiveinfluencers.com. Um, we're going to try to update that a little bit more as we go. If you have advice for us, please throw it out there. We are more than welcome. Uh, we, we love all the advice that we receive from people already. With that, we're going to go ahead and end it today. I am Brian. And I am Ed. And this has been the Instinctive Influences Podcast. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.